This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Compass or Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page and you can check out past shows, subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting, ideas for future shows, or lessons on how to say the word subscribe. And (laughs) I tripped over that one, didn't I? Well, you know what? Hey, listen, maybe that's because (laughs) I had my mind's eye looking back to my younger days. And I I do cringe at some of the mistakes I made financially. It's not to imply that I made any life-altering mistakes or really made more mistakes than the average young adult. But, you know, sometimes I look back and think if I had listened to everything my parents told me and did that then, how much better off I'd be now. But, you know, sometimes life takes a little time to settle in. And as it did, and I got involved in the business and didn't just listen to their advice anymore um, and I became a financial professional, I do my best now to help clients avoid some of the mistakes we've all made over time. But I also remind them that we're all human, mistakes are inevitable, and the trick is to do everything you can to not make the same mistake twice. Now, on today's show, we are going to examine some of the most frequent financial mistakes and what you can do to avoid them. But before we get into our topic, I'd like to introduce the one person who'd only made one mistake in his life, as far as I can tell. And that's when he thought he had made a mistake, but he actually hadn't. And that's Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? What an introduction. Financial Panther, eh? So, (laughs) wow. Wow. That was, you got a little tongue tied there at the beginning of the show. You're excited about this one. I can tell. Well, you know what? I think in the end, there's some things that are more important than making the right moves. And that's not making the big mistakes or even the little ones. True. There's so many really decent and good moves you can make, but if you can avoid making mistakes along the way, sometimes that's worth 10 times one good decision. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? I I appreciate how you say there's, there's nothing wrong with making an occasional mistake because we all do it, but it becomes a huge problem when you make that same mistake over and over again, or it costs you significantly financially. That's not good. So correct. So how do you want to get us started on this topic today, Matt? So Investopedia, I like a lot of the articles they put out, and they have one top 10 most common financial mistakes. Good, Some good ideas in there we can kick around today. Now, according to the article, the first potential mistake is frivolous overspending. And we beat up on this in a lot of different shows. right? The, 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 this article contains this great line, great fortunes are often lost $1 at a time. 
you know, stopping for a bagel and coffee every morning on the way to the office may not seem like a big deal in the moment, but when you add up that $7 over the course of a month and then a year, you suddenly have a sizable pile of money. And here's some more numbers, you know, spending $25 a week on lunches, that's $1,300 a year. And for a lot of people, $1,300 is quite a bit of money that could be used to make a few car payments or to significantly pay down a high interest rate credit card. If you're young and just starting out, or even if you're very close to retirement, it's often essential to avoid overspending. And when I talk about the subject, I'm always worried people are gonna think I'm advocating that they pinch every penny and never enjoy life. That's not it at all. By all means, take a vacation, go to a ball game, go out to dinner occasionally with friends. Just be smart, don't overdo it. Remember, have a spending plan as well as a savings plan. Yeah. And actually $25 a week eating out, most some people spend that a day. And mm-hmm. imagine imagine how much that adds up to over times that by five. So you're at sixty five hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Yikes. I was I'm glad you did the math. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I know I told you there'd be no math involved. I'll do it for you, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's why you're here. I'll that's feed you baby bird. You're the f- I'll feed you baby bird. That's <laughs> nope. 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 We do not use that phrase. All right. That's not a that's not an image you should paint. All right. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what we're talking about here is all things in moderation, right? Yes. Isn't that one of the most funny paradoxical statements? Yes. All things in moderation. Well, wait. (laughs) The only thing I don't have tolerance for is intolerance. (laughs) Exactly. Another paradox. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, but yes, all things in moderation whenever possible. And let's, all right. So. On to the next one. Next mistake you should seek to avoid. Falling into that cycle of seemingly never-ending payments. You, know, you don't want to be a financial Sisyphus endlessly pushing your bills up a hill. Yeah. Take some time to sit down, examine what you're spending each month, and then ask yourself, do I really need this? You know, Music, TV streamers, gym membership, these are things you fork over money for month after month. And in the end, you own exactly nothing. Yeah. You know, this is another place where prudence doesn't mean going without. You know, if Netflix is your primary source of TV shows and movies, well, it's probably worth the money. But if you're watching Netflix that much, do you really need five more streaming memberships just for one show on every channel? Probably, yeah. probably not. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I added it up. Uh, we had nine streaming services. And that oh. doesn't include music. That's just TV services. Nine monthly charges now some of those were 4.99 or 5.99 so they weren't super expensive but that all adds up and i'm like uh, how about we rotate you know what i mean uh, cancel cancel one and now i think hulu and a couple of them you can put it on hold mm. for three months yeah and so and you think about that again it's only five dollars a month times 12 is 60 dollars a year times nine services 540 dollars a year yeah boom Yep. And is that cheaper than cable still? Yeah, probably. You, right? bet, you bet it is. Do you need all nine? Did you need all nine? No. Right. No. No. But <laughs> I love my Brit box. I love that service. I like the British detective shows. Anyway, that's that's another point. But yes, I mean, we can find ways to cut. And we should. A lot of people don't even know what they're paying for anymore. They have so many memberships and streaming services. And, you know, and again, I think this points to the fact that financial mistakes is another terrific reason to work with somebody like yourself, Matt, a financial services professional, because you're somebody who can help people find 
income streams for retirement, maximize the finances they do have, build a legacy plan, and you can go through their spending and identify things, help them identify things they may want to reconsider, right? Great point, Tony. That's what financial pros can do. You work with a planner, you work with an advisor. I think anyone worth their weight in gold or even the weight in salt is going to do that stuff. (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, they maybe if they're doing those things, maybe they become worth their weight in gold to you. Now, you next go. thing you should work hard to avoid living on borrowed money. Now, swiping or tapping your card for anything and everything is incredibly common these days, but it's often unwise to pay double digit interest rates on things like gas, groceries, hotel rooms that you're typically done with before the credit card bill is even due. You know, as much as possible, keep enough cash in your account so that you can use your card and pay it off in full for these types of purchases. I'm going to go a little against the grain here with what the article is saying. They're talking about keeping enough money in your debit account. I don't agree with that for a couple of reasons. One, uh, if you can be disciplined about what you're spending, I'd rather see people use credit cards for two reasons. One, credit cards generally come with perks that the debit cards don't. And two, the credit card companies on the hook for purchases that are made out of your account rather than a debit card where it's on you, right? So if your debit card's hacked, you can lose your money free and clear. Uh, Whereas if your credit card is compromised, it generally lands on the credit card company to take care of those purchases. And they they can't deplete your entire checking account. But if somebody hacks your life savings, if somebody hacks your debit card, that, that is linked to your credit card or your checking account. I should say your bank accounts, sometimes savings as well. So, if you don't want people to have access to your savings and your checking account, don't use your debit card for online purchases. Use a credit card, but you have to pay it off each month, right? Yes. My big thing is the security of credit versus debit cards. Uh, you know, they're both they're both can be compromised, but I'd much rather see yeah. a credit card be compromised than a debit card because it's generally much less devastating to the person. Uh, but just again, remember It's all about knowing what you're spending and not, if you pay that off every month, you're a credit card company's worst nightmare, you know, in essence, maybe the vendor's worst nightmare because they're paying out the fee to the credit card company. The credit card company's not making their interest on you. Right. You you don't want to go into debt with your credit card. If you can be disciplined enough, use your credit card just as basically it's an organizer for you. It's going to tell you what you spent your money on. You can set up alerts to take care of it. Um, but you want to make sure that also if you're one of those people that you haven't made an emergency account where you have money that is dedicated to something that might come up, that you're not overspending towards your limit and then getting in real trouble if you had some emergency come up that you might have put on your credit card otherwise. But again, this is what discipline's about. Putting your emergency account in place will prevent that from happening as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, uh, again, it's important if if our listeners need to have at least one credit card for emergencies or some larger purchases, you know, find a card that offers achievable perks or useful perks to you. And then again, again, I have to stress it because you've told me this time and time again, Matt, you got to pay off that balance at the end of each month. Oh, yeah. And check a place like NerdWallet often has a good list of credit cards and rates and different perks that are having uh that they have good good place to check those out um so look into some of those different sites that'll side by side the cards and the best programs that are out there and available for you the next mistake that could trip you up is spending too much on a house 
Now, the average American home seems to be growing larger and larger. There are some movements like the tiny house movement, uh, but you really should give some thought to whether you really need to pay for all that extra space. If, if you have a very large family, perhaps you need a 6,000 square foot house, but that means more taxes, higher utilities, more complicated upkeep. And unless you have a specific need for a large home, why not move your family into something that's smaller, more manageable, but still suits your needs? You know, you might also find that by purchasing a smaller home, you'll have more resources to purchase new appliances, make other upgrades, or perhaps enjoy your current lifestyle a little bit more while still being able to put some more money away for your future lifestyle. Yeah, that's great advice, Matt. And I just think of property taxes. I mean, if you add one bedroom to a house, your property taxes will increase exponentially. So, you know, if you don't need a five bedroom house, you only need a three bedroom house. You're paying a lot more in property taxes than you need to be. Not only you're paying more for the house and the house payments and the mortgage, but property taxes. They've mm -hmm. gone through the roof as well. So that can make a huge impact on your budget. So, sure can. so let's take a minute to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you in case they have any financial questions, Matt. Oh, sure. You can give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. So you've been talking about the dangers of frivolous spending, as you said. In fact, I have to point out to our listeners, and I hope they notice this, uh, but you you used the word frivolous and Sisyphus in the same show and didn't have a problem with it. I, you're, you're getting braver and braver as we do these shows, Matt. <laughs> well, what was the word I couldn't say at the beginning? Something like subject. Or subscribe. Something. Subscribe. Yeah. yeah. You had a problem with I that, stumbled one, on but, that one. But Sisyphus and Frivolous, no problem. No. That's awesome. No. Yeah, I, I, thanks, Tony. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I wanted to point that out to our listeners. I think that's important. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks. You're helping build me up. That felt great. Oh, yeah. All right. So, next one. We want to go back to those mistakes to avoid. Or do you want to just keep making me feel better about me? Either way, I'm fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I can subscribe to the fact that we should continue <laughs> with okay. the financial mistake. Right. We'll and I that. can pronounce it, too. You can. We'll do that, what you just thing said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, no, really. Um, how about cars? There are millions of new cars that are sold each year, and very few people can cover that purchase with cash you know, unless you did like my grandfather did and you put money away every month until you had enough money to buy a car and then negotiated a great price on a car for cash and then when you had that car that you paid cash for did the same thing and put your money away um not a lot of people have that cash purchase available uh you know if you're doing it through financing it means you're paying interest on an asset that begins depreciating as soon as you drive it off the lot and, you know, a lot of people have no other choice than to finance when they need a new car. Sure. However, much like our conversation during the first talk about this, about not buying a home that's larger than you need, it's a, very much the same with vehicles. If you're single, you only have one child. Do you really need an SUV that seats eight? And if you're retired and you intend to travel a fair amount, do you really want something so large it gets poor gas mileage, especially now? Right? Yeah, right. It's simple. Buy what you need, but not more than what you need. And don't forget, test drive several vehicles before you make a final decision. Research how much things like tires, oil changes, other routine maintenance costs for the models you're considering are. You know, it might look great, the first initial purchase price, but you might forget some one of the reasons somebody's getting rid of that car is some very expensive 
preventative maintenance that's coming up on their bill that they'd rather pass off to you. Yeah. 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 That's a good point uh, about buying a car. And obviously if you can save up and pay cash for a car, that's huge. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not only will you save a lot of money in the long run, a lot of interest payments, uh, but you'll save a lot of headache and be able to get the car, a better deal on the car itself Mm -hmm. by not using credit. They'll, they'll give you a better deal usually. So uh, I like where you went with that. And it, and Thank it's you. it's back to the whole credit card thing. You just don't want to go into debt, right? Hey, don't That's... pay interest on debt that you shouldn't be paying interest on. Right. There the only you... T- you know, again, we've talked about this before. There's responsible debt and there's irresponsible debt. If, you, if you're in, putting yourself in a position where you're investing your money, where it's earning more money than your fixed interest payments are in some of your debt, that's one thing. But if you haven't achieved that milestone yet, you should be avoiding debt at all costs. Yeah, exactly. So, so what do you have for us next? Okay. Relying too much and too often on home equity. Now, remember, when you refinance and take cash out of your home, it means you're giving up ownership to someone else. If you're looking to lower your interest rate, refinancing may make sense. It might be great. Maybe you're going to pay off your house quicker. You're going to have a better cash flow. You can do smarter things with your money every month refinancing, using that money to pay off high interest debts, you know, those might be smart plays, but home equity line of credit may be an alternative to refinancing with a line of credit. You're basically using that equity as a credit card. So we all know what that means, right? Yeah. Be aware. This may also mean you end up paying unnecessary interest in order to use your home equity line of credit. And so again, if you've built your spending plan, right, if you've built your savings plan, right, if you have your emergency fund, right, you shouldn't, hopefully you don't need to dip into that. And it might make sense short term or for other situations that come up again, maybe you can earn better money elsewhere if you get it at a low enough rate. But if you're considering refinancing, opening up a home equity line of credit, talk to your advisor, talk to your planner before you dis- before you make that decision, decision discuss the options with them, uh, especially before making any final decisions on going forth with a loan like that against your home. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's a really important point. I mean, I wouldn't want to make any financial decision on something as significant as refinancing my home before I had really thought it through, talked about it with family and with you, Matt, a financial services professional. Oh, that's a great plan, Tony. I'm glad you're listening. Oh, yes. Good. Great, 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 great. Next one. Next thing we're working at here. And I, I don't, this is going to sound how it sounds. It's from the article, but it does make sense. Living paycheck to paycheck is a mistake you should avoid at all costs. Obviously, you know, yeah. A lot of people do. And for some people, there's no other choice. But that also means if you're living that way, an emergency expense could lead to financial disaster. Now, I lived I, at one point in my life, I was living less than paycheck to paycheck. Right. It wasn't yeah. <laughs> really barely getting me through that. I've been like just close to that myself. I mean, right? I, I yeah. think a lot of people have at one point in time. Yes. So, and I think it teaches us a lot of lessons, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. It, maybe it's the result of overspending. That wasn't my thing at the, at the time, but the root cause putting yourself in a position where every dime you bring in almost immediately goes back out to pay a bill is extremely precarious. What happens if you or your spouse loses your job? That was my, I was young. I was having trouble getting a job at the time. Sure. Just getting that next job, you know, and I was doing it in a new place. So I didn't have a safety net really. I had made a big gamble and it took me a little bit to get my feet under me. It was, it was touch and go for a while, but then I got there, right? 
Um, but you know, what if your hours are cut back too? There's a lot of different things that could do it, but, uh, most financial pros suggest setting aside three to six months worth of expenses into an emergency fund. You can easily access as needed. I understand building an emergency fund of that size can be a challenge, but if you can manage it even little by little, I'll believe you'll have put yourself on very solid financial ground. I always talk about it. I beat it up for a reason. You know, if winter was coming and you knew you needed a new set of tires, would you rather have the cash in hand to pay for them or would you prefer to put them on a credit card and pay interest for who knows how long? I think the answer to this one's pretty obvious. Yeah, it is. And, and for years, I used to take out my credit cards for things like tires or something like that. It was a force of habit. But for quite a while now, my wife and I have been more disciplined about putting money away and mm -hmm. then paying for it out of our, you know, f existing funds and using that to pay off our debit cards and, and credit cards. Yeah, you should have a couple buckets. You should have that what I'm going to need in the next one to three years bucket. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that should be there for those things that are going to come up. And you can, and when you work with a good planner, when you work with a good advisor and they help put your budget together, you're going to know what parts are for what it's not all just thrown in one place. You want to be a little bit more disciplined than that, but, uh, having that near term, those near term needs because unexpected things do arise and let's not, let's face it. Tires aren't unexpected, but they feel unexpected when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is something you can plan for, but we don't. Right. So it is one of those things like, oh, yeah, tires. Of course, I should have been putting money away for tires. They they are perishable. Yeah. So um, and, you know, there's a well, maybe, let's just hit on a couple more of these. If I have time, I'll mention some of the stuff, other stuff at the end. Another mistake. A lot of listeners not investing in your retirement. And yeah. I've touched on this as we say these That's other huge. things. If you're not if you don't put money to work for you, whether through the market or other income producing avenues, you're probably going to find that your retirement date gets further and further away. Consider taking full advantage of your tax deferred retirement accounts. And if that plan is through your employer, can consider contributing enough to trigger the company match to the max. If one's offered, see if you can make that work and make sure you have an open and honest conversation with your advisor, with your planner about your risk tolerance, because that was going to help it determine how aggressive you want to be when it comes to making money with your money. And if you've got enough of a time horizon and they can explain it to you properly, you know, maybe you're going to do better than if you just go in blind, talk to a pro. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know what? I think we should wrap it up here, uh, Matt. It's been a great discussion. I mean, we could go on and on. There are a lot of possible financial mistakes out there and we talk a lot about them on the show so our listeners can avoid them and You've given us a lot of helpful tips today, but before we go, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you and set up that no cost, no obligation consultation. I'll do that. Can I get on the soapbox for one more second, Tony? Do sure. we have just two more minutes? Sure. Um, right now there's this student debt relief thing going on. Ah, and I, yes. I, don't, I don't care where you fall on this. It doesn't matter to me, but what I've seen is a lot of answers and responses to this, to these things. And when I see what people, sometimes what they're complaining about, it makes my advisor head explode. <laughs> right. So listen, don't take out loans you can't afford to repay. Right. It's, unless they're promised as forgivable. Right. Okay. Let's start there. Um, if you do, be prepared to make some sacrifices over time. Up until I was married for a while and we still lived with another couple 
so that we could do the things we wanted to do and get our finances in shape. I always had roommates. Why did a first, I didn't have, I didn't live in an Instagram world and feel like I had to have the world's plushest apartment and things I couldn't afford so I could have a fancy online life, right? Make some of the sacrifices you need to make instead of buying the name brand food for that week. Maybe you get an off brand food, whatever it is. Maybe you get used tires when you need a tire, but you have tires that work. It's always, there's always some give for the get, right? So if you're going to get something at some point, understand, and I don't, if, if, if your loan's forgiven and that's going to help you out in life, congratulations. If you're upset about it, I probably also understand why you are as well, but nonetheless, don't use excuses as, as the basis for this. And also don't use bad math in your memes to prove your point. I, it's really easy to tear your math apart. Um, make the sacrifices. If you made the mistake and took out a bad loan, do the right thing to get your feet back under you. I promise, even if you don't get your debt relieved, you can do something about it over time. And it may take longer than you want it to take, but through discipline and constant action, you can get there. If you need help understanding how to make that work, give us a call. 800-339-9252, or you can visit us online at compass-ltd.com. All right. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Matt. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. A registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities LLC and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.